I'm going to need you to muster the energy, dude. All right. Where's your energy at? It's a scale of one My to ten. My energy's in this can. Honestly? Wait, uh, wait. Do we want to... Hold on. Do we want to judge, like, various energies? Because, like, you're not you're not all one energy, right? No, you're I'm kinda, pretty simple. Let me, let's me let judge your... Where's your head energy at right now? My head energy is the problem, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, my, my spirit says, let's go. But my brain says, huh? Yeah. What do you got by way of shoulder energy? Shoulders are good. My shoulders... I got big, strong, broad shoulders. I think my shoulders are usually ready to go. Ready to go? Yeah. What about tummy energy? Tummy is a little... Uh, tummy could do better. Let's put it that way. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Tummy needs some clean food or something in it. All right. Well, I'm going to cut to the chase. How about ass energy? Uh, I think there's zero energy coming out of there, which is good for everyone That's involved. Yeah. Storing, storing it? Oh, yeah. Like, Raw cheek power. Yeah, I think I've talked about this before, but <laughs> I, I can go an entire day. I believe I would remember if you talked about having some sort of butt energy. Well, I can go an entire day without farting. I really can. Most days I do. But as soon as I lay an down. An entire 24 hours? N- well, an entire like uh, wake up to lay okay. down. We'll call that the day. And then the lay down is at night. And it's, But as soon as I lay down... I think my body is like a level, you know, the levels that you use. The bubble, the the bubble. bubble yeah. goes down to the yeah, middle. Yeah, I think when the bubble hits the middle, it just releases everything out. So, But I think it's usually up, oh, up toward must my brain enjoy for those most of the day. so much. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect me. I use a CPAP machine, so I'm breathing filtered air. So. <laughs> You're breathing pure Brita. <laughs> so I'm just snoring really just, loudly and just passing gas. Mel Brooks in it over there. You yeah. You Perrier. Ladies. <laughs> yeah. Those of you that are chasing after Travis after the shows, just know that he's been holding it all night. <laughs> My entire set is basically telling women, if you ever said no to me in high school, you probably made a good decision. Yeah. So why not the the podcast as well? <laughs> <laughs> so all, all you ladies out there that had been listening in hopes that you might someday get to uh, enjoy an evening with podcasting luminary Travis Tate, <laughs> if, you, if you can make it through the... Uh, him dusting all the time then if you've got an adjustable bed it might be okay because the bubble will just move up toward my head yeah yeah maybe Ooh. that's what i need i'll give you the i'll give you bad breath prop though. a bunch of pillows no it just won't come out how do you know what do I, so, I don't burp a lot are, either are you a, yeah are you a burpy gentleman not really so, i mean it, occasionally when's the last time you did a really loud burp a really loud burp I think maybe this weekend. It seems yeah. like I did one at my house. Do you still do that to amuse people? Uh, to amuse myself. I haven't. Uh, I haven't laid a loud burp in a long time. I'm a very polite, like. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of burpy guy. I think that's just as bad, though. Maybe that's worse. Yeah. Why? I think because it's more of a surprise. All of a sudden, there's just like this. Oh, whoa. Oh well, I mean, I'm not gonna it's blow like, did it you right fart? in your face. No, I burped. I do it into my hand like a gentleman. It's a mouth fart. And then I throw it at you. Ah, surprise. Yeah. You know what else is a surprise? What? For everybody involved? What? Everybody here is listening to Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Surprise. And guess who's on the show? (coughs) Oh, you've gone and done it now. (laughs) You basically (sighs) dared me to do it. (laughs) Is that what I did? Yeah, I think so. You said when was the last time, and I started thinking. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Since I could burp myself up high. That sounds a little bit beefy. 
a little bit. Uh, it's been a while since I said I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. You're doing the acoustic version? Yeah. Right. That's the better version. How do you feel about acoustic versions of songs? What's a good acoustic? Uh, you know what one I do not like at all was uh, the Sound of Silence acoustic <laughs> version. <laughs> Sound of Silence acoustic. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I think it was Stained. It sounded stained like or sounded like Cookie Monster was constipated on the one toilet. Of those, one of those like. Uh, uh, it's one of those one word bands that uh they just take out one of the vowels so it sounds like yeah. oh it's a band name because they took out a vowel i used to really love the old mtv unplugged that's kind of like when i yeah. when i do a special episode i call it unplugged because like the nirvana unplugged yeah, the nirvana and the amazing Chains unplugged Ten Thousand maniacs for me. was outstanding as well yeah the Ten Thousand maniacs i think i like more than the nirvana one Good. give it a listen everybody I'm not. I'm not super familiar with Ten Thousand Maniacs. Now that I think, What's because it? the night belongs to us. That was a Patti Smith song originally. Oh, that's not. That's a song that was written by Patti Smith and Bruce Springsteen. Okay. The boss. Yes, the boss. Oh, okay. Um. You have to call him to get permission, but because he's the boss. Like when somebody goes, "Let me speak to your manager." Just play some Bruce Springsteen. Here's the boss. I'll try to remember that next time. Somebody should have just told Tony Danza who the boss was. Who's the boss? Who is the boss? Bruce, yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is the boss. Okay. <laughs> Problem solved. Episode if, one, we could have fixed it. If he played Tony Maselli, nobody would have questioned it, right? Be like, Samantha. Wait, 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 Tony. Be like, I'm afraid it's Bruce Springsteen. What? A-O-O-A. A-O, Angela. Everybody be what like, he's, be, he's the boss. You're going to be uh, Tony Stainza there? <laughs> Tony Mastelli Stain. wasn't forced at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, hey, Mona. Hey, little Mona, is your daddy home? Because he's got to be 107 like, by now. Hey, yo, Mona, how long has it been since you had a little of the hanky-panky? And she'd say, it's been a while, but I'm going out tonight to... <laughs> To cruise the local uh, VFW or whatever. Ooh, your crotch is on fire. Because she was, had red hair. Fire crotch. See, now, you made it <laughs> disgusting, Travis. I was trying I did, to keep I it did. relatively I classic. I had to finish it, though. Hanky panky. You remember that? That was, a, that was an 80s standard of uh, game shows where they had to ask questions. And be like, what? Uh, I think actually the game show standard wasn't hanky panky. It was, what is your favorite place to make whoopee? Yeah, I, th- I think they would never happened. say like get, take it to Pound Town or just plain sex. Or right, make Whoopi. Make Whoopi Goldberg. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, no eyebrows. Um, so acoustic song. Do you think that huh? was like? Do you think Whoopi Goldberg not having eyebrows was that like a barbecue accident in her youth, or was that like a conscious choice to like? I don't want to have eyebrows. I I couldn't even begin to speculate. I always wondered. Was that by choice or was that just situational? I, I feel like it has to be situational. I feel like she uh-huh. has to have something going on. I, I don't know that it would be accidental or just some people ain't got no eyebrows. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of people with no eyebrows. That, that dude what Zaz on, uh, on Gotham, that dude ain't got no hair. But I always wondered, is that just for the role or does he... No, that he's on, he's on Barry and he, it's the same thing. He ain't got no... So is it like hey. a is it alopecia or something like that? I, don't I know. believe he does. I, I the dude uh, does have a condition where he just alopecia is where it makes 
hair turned white, right? Is that right? I don't know. I am going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna step back. And right. I'm gonna say, Travis. I know the answer to this, but I'm not gonna tell you. Hello, and I'm not- my name is Al Opicia. Come on down hey, so to I my hair restoration I, center. I think alopecia is the hair condition. Okay. So I think it's the the dude what is uh, Jason Voorhees currently. I, I heard an interview with him and he talked about alopecia. I think. I had a dream last night that I killed Jason Voorhees. Did you? Yes. How did you finally kill him? With my bare hands, I choked him to death. Okay. Cause he That's was, a good one. He was chasing me and a bunch of he was people. chasing Amy. I think, yeah, Amy was Get there. Get back here. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to chop you with my machete until you stop being a lesbian. A Kevin Smith film. So, yeah, Amy was there. Uh, I think like there was family members kind of coming in and out of the dream. You know how dreams are weird about. Oh that. yes, like, there's. I've been having the cast doesn't vi- stay consistent. I've been having weirdly vivid dreams for a while, and I, I wake up and they they're all pretty crazy. They're all well, I mean, I mean not even crazy. They're just weird in a. Uh, I had a I had a dream that I was, on a vacation for work, and some woman that I worked with was playing craps, but in she was playing craps, but in the dream it was baccarat. It was the mechanics of craps, but they kept saying it was Baccarat. She was going to... I convinced her to put $10,000 on something on the table. And she did it. And then she rolled five sixes, which would make rolling another six the only way she could possibly get money. And I'm like, oh, I did a dumb thing. Is there any way she can get a do-over? And they said, no, you cannot, sir. This is Baccarat. (laughs) But then she did roll the six. And we were very happy... And she said she was going to split the money with me. And I woke up and went, huh. <laughs> it was really, I, I've just been, I've been having really kind of mundanely weird dreams that I remember. Usually, usually when I have dreams, it's like, uh, I don't get a full story. That was a very full episode of Jake's dream. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I get up to like the first commercial and then I wake up and go, huh, I wonder where that was going. Yeah, I have that sometimes. This was, a, I mean, this, it seemed like it went all night, but it might have been five minutes. You know, it's dream, or time is weird in dreams, but also, uh, yeah. like I said, I kept recasting it in my mind. It was like James Bond or Becky from Roseanne or where you're just recasting people. And uh, anyway, he, he's chasing us around. Well, finally, I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. And I sneak up behind him and I start choking him. And I just like choke him to death. And then I was like, but he keeps coming back from the dead. So uh, I'm going to cut his head off. So I cut his head off, I think, with like a shovel or something. And then I burned his body and then I burned his head separately. It was a pretty violent dream. Wow. But I think I did the trick. You want me to tell you another one? This one's a little, this one is a little embarrassing. But he melted really fast. He oh. might have been made of wax. Yeah. You think that was the thing the whole time? Yeah. That was why they couldn't... I think he was like wax Jason Voorhees. He was wax Jason Voorhees. Yeah, because he melted really fast. His skin is of a waxen texture, I believe. Well, yeah. It was a weird dream. That reminds me. I'm going to put myself on blast. Uh, I did do from last week. I have watched Alien Resurrection to uh, verify its quality in the modern era. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on blast, and if I can... F- I think I have access to it. If I can, without having to pay actual money, watch, uh, I think it's Jason X, the one that he's in space in the future. <laughs> I'm going to watch that to verify whether or not it's palatable. If, if I can get the trap, I'm not going to make any promises. I think Jason X is one that did not come with my gift <clears throat> set of Friday the 13th movies. 
they're they are really oddly uh, titled. I think I was I was looking through something and saw a bunch of the titles, and they're just like the new the new batch or <laughs> Jason might like be back too. <laughs> or he's definitely done this time, which it's is just, t- the next one's titled. Uh, well, I mean, you guys seem to want another one. So it's titled Jason? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I heard a weird. I think it was because I was listening to How Did This Get Made doing Jason X, and they were putting forth that they don't even do the hockey mask until like the third movie. Oh, really? That's what they said. I mean, the first. I, don't know. I mean, hey everybody, watch out on the spoiler for this very old movie. Apparently, it's not even Jason in the first movie. No, it's not. It's his mother. It's his mother. Yeah. That's the one that I have watched. That's. We that's got him for pro- Christmas, and I watched it probably in uh, January. And I've been meaning to watch the other ones, but I haven't got around to them. Yeah. But it is pretty good. Kevin Bacon's in it. He gets killed. Oh, so he's the Johnny Depp of that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like Johnny Depp was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes, he's, First the, one. he's the weird blood fountain. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen those forever either. We, uh, a year or so back for our little Halloween watching, we watched the first one. It is not really scary. <laughs> it's more hilarious than it is scary. And I don't know if you remember the thing at the end where uh, Freddy drags the woman through the little hole in the door. No. It's like she's it's all over with, and it's like I think she's heading off to school, and she's waving to her mom on the porch, and you see the arm, you know, the Freddy arm come through the little window on the door and drag her through, and it is one billion percent obviously a mannequin. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Before we get off the subject of game shows, oh, uh, my wife and I were talking uh, a couple weeks ago, and she said, "Man, I w- I miss Wipeout." So we found we oh, found. Are uh, we going to talk about the same thing? I think so. Because you just reminded me that Gabe got me to watch something. We found a uh, British version of Wipeout on Hulu, and it's okay. It's oh. fun, but it's not the same. It it is a it's a bit long because they don't edit as much out. They show almost the entire run of huh. almost every competitor, so it there's not as much like smacks per minute, but. There's a new show. Rob Riggle's on it. He's yep. he's, he's on a podcast with Sarah <laughs> Tiana. I, I love Rob Riggle, and it's called Holy Moly. Yeah, that was so. Gabe, uh, Cindy went out of town, so like Friday, the guys, the boys are back in town. You know, like what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do to get up to trouble? And he's like, Dad, I saw this thing. Check it out. <laughs> and at first, it brought up a uh, Stephon Curry. And I'm like, why am I watching this? He's the executive producer of the show. Must be because yes. he's in way that, more yeah, of it than that's he. That's why he's in it. Look, I look. He kind of is the reason it's on the air. So don't want to be. Don't want to be particularly disparaging to Mr. Curry, but he's not. A, he's not a good part of the show. Uh, he's he's just a normal person who happens to be really good at basketball. He's not. He's not a flashy yeah. personality. And he's, he's not he's not an uncharming he person. He seems to be raised right, you know, considering his dad was also an NBA player, so he's second generation. So I think it's not like he's not like new money or anything like that. He's I think he was raised pretty great and has a pretty stable background. So he's not by no means do crazy. I dis- <laughs> by no means do I dislike Stephon Curry. This him being a major part of a game show is not his lane. I don't know that he's going to be that big of a part in every episode, but I, I'm sure you'll I'll, see him at least. I'll, 
I'll bet you I'll bet you a roll of bottle caps that he is going to have that much role in all of the episodes. You might be right. But everything else beside that was super like, enjoyable. When when they had the part with the robot thing and Rob Riggle's like having dialogue with him as right. the robot. Like you can tell those are written jokes as opposed to when they <laughs> go up to Rob and the other guy. You can tell that they're improving. Right. And that that's a lot of fun. And like Oh, Rob. Rob's the other guy is, is a really legit funny. ESPN announcer. Oh, is he really? Way. Yeah. I thought he was maybe just another comedian. No, he he does football well, he and a, basketball he was games. He's a pretty funny guy. Yeah. But <laughs> but like Rob, like all of Rob's stuff was pretty gold. Yeah, he was he was definitely killing it. So what it is is it's a uh, it's miniature golf. It's wipeout miniature golf. Yeah, with, oh, with that, a wipeout that twist. Poor first woman at that the first windmills. woman got hip checked by the windmill so hard like, that it, it off, knocked a piece of the, the windmill time, off the second time it hit her i think she went off into space and they had to get a look-alike to finish for her <laughs> she oh. hit so hard. oh my gosh that hit her so hard and it makes me laugh so much i i don't like watching like real legit injuries in sports like people are like oh did you see the the gymnast that broke like, both of her legs no <laughs> no i didn't because it said gymnast breaks her legs and i had zero desire to watch it but this wipeout type, uh, holy moly type stuff, when I know they're they're just getting banged around, they're not actually like getting bodily harm that's permanent. It's so fun. It looked like it did not feel very <laughs> no, no. good. No, it couldn't have felt good, but it was funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it, whether or not that thing was padded, like she was just sent off into the dirt. <laughs> it was. It was a <laughs> in hard, an awkward hard position. Hit. Yeah. But the other, the thing that Gabe and I were really getting out of it, and this is probably our thing that we were getting away with, 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 uh, yeah, I'm pointing at Travis right now. So hopefully that comes across in the audio. The thing that Gabe and I were doing that was getting away with it with Cindy away was we were just screaming at all the, the completely hateable men that were on it. I uh, like the, the unicorn guy. That, that was the, that guy popped he was, up. He was a tool. Like we, so like when we watched Nailed It, or game shows of that ilk, we kind of pick a favorite, like right. who, you, like very early on, like who are you going for? Who do you think's the one that you who you like? And and that guy popped up, and me, it was like, get that guy out of here. I want. <laughs> I told Gabe like I, I want to pop power bomb that guy through a folding table. The guy from Utah, I didn't like either. Yes, that guy was very Utah, and they're playing it up. I mean, honestly, sure, they, oh, they're definitely you mean the, playing the guy, it up. the guy who proclaimed himself to be the bad boy of. Uh, <laughs> Miniature golf. Who upon his <laughs> thing, I was like, "Well, we've got one body stacked on the other guy already. Powerbomb through the table now." <laughs> the the guy from Utah was pretty dorky in a very Utah way, and kind of like you, you cringe at his antics, but yeah. you know, he was he turned out to be okay. That is the thing about being from Utah is you're you're a little cringy always. You, like even. Even in the best circumstances, you're still a little crazy. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to make sense or if it's valid, but whenever I see Utah people on camera, <laughs> particularly in game shows, it's like you're you're overdoing it in a way that <laughs> is about five years too late. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. Right. But we love our Utah people. Yeah, we do. If you, but become, we're all a little cringy. If you become famous. And you're from Utah, and particularly if you have an LDS background, the people of Utah will embrace you forever. Uh, in theory. Who, who hasn't made it that way? Uh, any of like, the comedians that I know that are really good. Well, that, I mean, that's different, <laughs> Travis. That's different. I'm talking about if you were on a show singing, 
and you come from Utah, 30 years from now, you will be packing Singing, a Bravadale. Yeah. Even when Marcus was on Last Comic <clears throat> Standing, nobody nobody got behind him. Really? He was never on the news. It wasn't like lead story on the news. Like, yeah. And he's Bring from me Utah, Dick or- Norris and I can tell him to his face <laughs> that he made a mistake. Uh, I think he passed, didn't he? I think Dick Norris yet walks among us. You think he's... I know Bob Welty just died. And, yeah. And uh, Paul James, I think, last year. But is Dick Norris gone? I always thought the most interesting man in the world looks like Dick Norris. I, I always had a fascination with Dick Norris. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, necessarily. I don't know. We, we had some really good... Uh, we, we've had some very good uh, newscasters over the years here in, here in Utah whose names I can't remember. Who was the investigative guy with the big glasses that I'm forgetting now? Do you know what I'm talking Rod about? Rod Decker? Rod Decker. God, I love <laughs> Rod, Rod Decker. I'm Rod Decker. I'm down here at the courthouse where he had I will zero what, personal skills. I will tell you, Rod, you could trust, like, get Gephardt. Get Gephardt can go to hell. Get Gephardt is a sham. Rod Decker will get to the bottom of things. He was not doing that, uh, that cadence that uh, investigative reporters... And then... He was none of that. He was dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun dun dun. He was if Lewis Black was actually yeah, a reporter. Yeah. He was basically. investigative Lewis Black. <laughs> he really was. He was so. He, and that's what you. But that's what you want. He was just get out information. Rod Decker was there to get to the bottom of that's it. That's right. <laughs> man, Rod Decker, where you at, man? Oh man. Hey, totally. Uh, I really enjoy that very relatable part for anybody outside of Utah that lived in the 80s isn't going to get. If you don't, if you're interested in it, just do a YouTube search. He's got to be on YouTube oh, somewhere. I, I really like Rod, Rod Decker. Decker. Oh, man. <laughs> he, so, was like, he was like the history teacher you had in high school that was like no nonsense and just got right to the point. Yeah. And just told it the way it was, or at least the way that he saw that it was. You know, the teachers that were really bitter about everything were some of the more fun ones that I had. Yeah, not like for sure. Didn't take it out on students, but you could tell were really bitter. Like, I had the teachers who were bitter, and they, you know, they wanted to take, they wanted to make students feel bad about themselves and things like that. But I had a few really great teachers, and they more often than not, I think they ended up being history teachers for some reason. Yeah. I, w- I had zero interest in teachers that were like trying to be cool. Talking or to you, trying Mr. To, Rockwell. Trying to, I had a Mr. Rockwell. He Did was you? a shop teacher. Mr. Rockwell was a history yeah. teacher, uh, descendant of Porter Rockwell. He had he had the super long hair and beard. And uh, my my teacher that was Mr. Rockwell, he had polio when he was a kid. Oh, but when he got became a like teenager, he was like a competitive swimmer. So he worked with it. He worked with it, and he taught shop. Good guy. I think my daughter actually had Mr. Rockwell even. He was around for a while. He must have been a younger teacher when I had him. He must have been fairly new. But everybody seems old. Yes, there is like, that. I was listening to a podcast today, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh, it was uh, Tuesdays with Stories. It's uh, Mark Norman and Joe List. And they were talking about uh, Mr. Belding. And they're like, how old was Mr. Belding when... They first started making the Saved by the Bell. Well, first it would be Miss Bliss, but then Saved by the Bell. He was 39 the first season of that show. So the people that were the kids on Saved by the Bell are now older <laughs> than Mr. Belding when he was Probably their the, principal the in high school. The kids on Saved by the Bell were like, well. Because they've got to be like, what, 44, 45, most I of them. They're a, few, yeah. they're a few years older than us. I got, for a minute there, I got confused and I was thinking of head of the class. Oh, 
I actually like, saw head of I'm the like, class. Those those over kids the in head of the TV. class were probably in their like mid twenties. I saw the the very last episode of head of the class on over the air TV maybe two months ago. The original it was when guy they were all getting their the, graduation. It was the Scottish stuff. guy was the teacher at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Billy Connolly. Yeah, Billy Connolly. The first guy was. Uh, Golly, he was on WKRP yes. in Cincinnati. What was his name? He was not Richard Dreyfus, who I'm not thinking of. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I can't remember. I he was Johnny Fever, though. Yeah, on, he was Doctor WKRP. He was in a movie with Crispin Glover called Reuben and Ed. I've, t- I've talked about. Oh, it he was in that. He was in that. Yeah. Wasn't that filmed here? Yes. And he was also in Clue. Was he? At the end of the... He was the FBI guy. Oh, okay. At the end of the movie of Clue. Yeah, I told you, uh, when when Ruben and Ed was kind of making the rounds, I went and saw Crispin Glover, like, live speak, and he was... He was... He was... My love for Crispin Glover started there. Oh, it started there? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, man, I briefly flirted with him in Back to the Future, but at that moment (laughs) when when he was being really weird, Crispin, Crispin Glover, I was like, oh, I think I'm interested in this guy. I think... I he was to, from a distance keep up on him. He was the main reason that uh Back to the Future 2 was the way that it was. I think they were going to do it in the 60s or something like that originally. Some comic was telling me that. Who was it? Well, we talked about on here that he sued them because they used a lookalike and used old uh but he refused to be in it and they had to address they had to address him. You know what I mean? Because he didn't want to be in it. I thought it was going to take place in the 60s. I want to say it was one of the comics that came with... Uh, well, it, it would it would have to Chris take... Chris Hardwick, one of his openers, was it did, that. But, I mean, it still did take place in the 60s a lot, didn't it? No. He went no, to it was, the future it was the parts. Future. And, and a lot of it took place in 1955 again. Yeah, that's... Oh, it was I, supposed I to, actually like that take stuff. place in the 60s. But he, I like the caper within the, the first movie part of it. I think that's really clever what they did there. Yeah. The future stuff was kind of lame, but... Yeah. But I, when, they, when they went back to the original movie, so it was pretty cool. Bananas. Right. Also, Tom, is it Tom Wilson? Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson was Biff. Tom Wilson does not nearly get enough credit. When you think about, just like, Biff is great, but he's also Griff and, what is it, Mad Dog? Yep, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. And they're all very distinct characters. Uh-huh. Very different in their own way. Mad Dog Tannen. Is he, he's, is he really also Griff? He should have been on Deadwood. I guess so. Yeah, Tom Wilson would have been great on Deadwood. He was, I mean, that's a Deadwood character. Yes. <laughs> that's right out of Deadwood. Todd. <laughs> Travis, I have seen all of Deadwood now. All of it, you finished it, including the movie. Oh, you saw the movie too. Yeah, I watched the movie last night. How was night. the movie? Does it is it satisfactory? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, Razzle. He it was one of the comics that came with Chris Hardwick, <clears throat> and uh, he said, "Yeah, I'm trying to catch up on all of the the Deadwoods." And I guess he's a in L.A. He's a a waiter at a restaurant. And Timothy Oliphant came in the restaurant, and he said, you know, he takes care of him. But at the end, he's like, just, you know, I'm, I'm burning through all the Deadwood so I can get ready for the movie. And he goes, <laughs> I really hope it's worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture the way he would say that. It's, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's good. It, it feels like... Um, <clears throat> it feels a little bit like a condense a season condensed into a two-hour movie i can see where a lot of things could have been expanded upon that they had to 
it, it kind of had to rush through some things in a way that I guess if you've watched this, you've watched some of it is there's, they take time with things. There are a lot of moments where um, you spend a lot of time with side characters that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily seem to fit into everything, but it has its own story to it. Uh, you're, you're only, I mean, you're only a few episodes in, so right. I don't. I don't know what I could necessarily. Can talk I ask about you this? It. Oh, please. Does it have a finality to it, or does it seem like they could do more movies? Uh, in if a this way, one it does. Successful. In a way, it does, and in a way, it doesn't. Yeah. There is a there's a major thing that has a finality to it. Okay. But uh, there there's also a pretty big thing that I feel like didn't entirely resolve. Um, I think one of the pro one of the hard things about that show that. Uh, um, Boardwalk Empire ran into is that they're dealing with they're, some of them they're dealing with actual historical characters so at some point some of those characters have to be in specific places or hmm. uh, like in the case of Boardwalk Empire one of the better characters in the whole series uh, between seasons just stops being there because in in reality, by that point in time, the, the person had died, so oh. he just couldn't be there anymore. Right. Regardless of whether or not he was an amazing character and was really big on the intrigue, so hmm. um, <clears throat> some of the characters, I, th- I think, and I guess I could look deeper in on it, but at least one of the characters, I feel like they could do more. They could do more with what happened at the end of that movie, but I think it's an actual historical person that you can't. You know, you can't necessarily kill or anything like that. But I see. That's me. That is, that is me talking completely out of my butt. Just historical people. I can think of two that I have been introduced to in the show so far. Yeah, you talking about Jane and Wild Bill? Yeah, yeah. But I assume if they're in there, you're gonna you're gonna run into more along yeah. the way. So I'm not even certain which ones. That's the thing is, I I think maybe Bullock is a real person. I that again. Hmm. Completely wrong. Like, the, the ones that I know are historical people are very, like, top level. You know who these people are. I like to think there's somebody at home going, Alexa, play Dead Wood. And it starts playing Ed Wood. <laughs> no, Alexa, play Dead Wood. Okay, playing Ed Wood. Um, I love fighting with Alexa. I fight with her every time I ask her to play something. We don't have one of those. It's. I like it. I know I know the, the bad reasons not to have it because it's listening to your conversations and stuff like that. But man, I guess it's like listening to a podcast if you're <laughs> it's if you're one Amazon. Of, it's one of those things that uh, I just don't really get hung up on, and like sometime in two or three years, it will be the thing that I cannot live without anymore. I I do like the convenience, and if I'm washing dishes, you know, I, I'm doing dishes, I can just go, Alexa, play uh, "A View to a Kill" by Duran Duran, and I get ding. Dun, 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 you know, yeah, and it's great because I don't have to touch anything. My hands are still soapy and stuff. It just starts playing. Yeah, it's like stuff like that doesn't generally bother me, but I can. I'm sure it would be one of those. You know, you, you go for a long time saying ah, I don't need one of those, and like the second you get it, you're like, why? Why wasn't I living my whole life this way? It's convenient because you can just go Alexa, add bread to shopping list, and then when you go, it'll play songs from bread. Yeah. <laughs> I would give everything I own. <laughs> I'll give up my life, my heart, my home. Uh, one of the this uh, brought to you by Alexa. A weird thing about the Deadwood movie: lots of like flashbacks to the TV show. Oh, really? 
That surprised me, and it just has footage from the TV show too. <laughs> and maybe it's maybe it makes more sense outside Previously of Previously on Deadwood. It, yeah, a lot like that. Maybe it makes more sense outside of me who finished watching the final episode just now. of season three yeah. and then the next night watched the movie. Uh, so I'm like, I don't I don't need you to show me this. I know this. <clears throat> but I, similarly, if you're watching the Deadwood movie, who who watches the Deadwood movie without watching the series? Probably, I don't know, maybe 30% of people that would watch it. You think so? Yeah, hmm. I no. do. Honestly, they might just, they might not even know that there's a series. I mean, it's like, what's this? This looks interesting, and then watch it. I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say once you get there, it'd be interesting if to, to know if that stands out any for you. Have you ever watched anything where you're like, oh, this is a thing, and it's really popular, and I like it, so I'm going to go back, like, I started Buffy in season three. I'd never seen one or two, so I went back and caught up on those. Uh, Years later when, like, DVDs happened. I don't know. I don't know. I I may have been Buffy that way myself because friends of mine got me into watching it. We, we would have, like, viewing nights, mm-hmm. and then it was go back and catch up. But uh, I like the idea <clears throat> of uh, TV show movies, though, like, a little bit down the road. Sure. Like, close up the TV show because you can only tell so many stories. You know what I mean? Before it gets stale. First of all, I think TV shows are too long, like 22 episodes. I'm specifically thinking of like uh, all the CW superhero shows right now. Those seasons are too long. But I like the idea of like when Supernatural wraps up somehow five years down the road, make a Supernatural movie or even how they did Firefly. Just there was a Firefly movie. They did Firefly because, or they did Serenity because Firefly kind of didn't get to end and that's that's a similar thing with but uh, I, I like that kind of thing i like going back if you can keep if everybody got along and stuff like that and there's a story to tell i like going back and revisiting it in a movie form i think that's cool yeah sure i wish more shows would do that actually um with dead and deadwood's the same way where i mean now that i again that could be a comic-con panel now that Fan i X. now that i got what like tv shows you would want to see a movie from yeah sure yeah, sure. I'm writing that down. Write that, right write that down, buddy boy. Uh, getting to the end of season three, because I guess apparently I'd gotten up to about halfway through season three in previous watchings. Uh, getting to the end of season three was, for one, interesting because the stuff that happened toward the end of that, I somehow avoided spoilers. So there were, you know, characters that died or characters that lived that I was sure were going to die. Hmm. But the end of season three, you can tell, you can very much tell. They were really supposed to be making more of these. And then it just got canceled. There are characters that show up in season three that you really feel like we're going to have a bigger story to be told that just kind of fizzle out. Uh, You know what's really sad is you start getting like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix and all these other ways to make shows. And you think, oh, maybe there's going to be some more artist creativity they're going to have a little bit more say in what happens when it wraps up things like that it's just creating more people going eh cancel it so i don't know if there's a pure form to do stuff like that where you can start it you can do it however you want i think we're maybe maybe with like disney projects and disney plus but even them they're going to be like well it's not making money yeah, D- disney doesn't have to care either way i right. specifically of course my mind's going to wander to the tick where it was a well-produced, good show that had a following. 
but it was on Amazon. It was an Amazon Prime original that how many people are going to know about it? It wasn't something that got a lot of ad space, I don't think. Right. And so and they gave it two seasons. At you least. know, they gave it two seasons, but it, you know that that's something I would definitely not just like to see more of. And it's going to be a property that just kind of dies on the vine. Yeah, I would love to see. You know, even if they did a movie, you know, I I, I would like to see them kind of find a more of a, a way to perfectly end it rather than the second season does it, it ends in a way that can be okay well we ended this but mm-hmm. um lost my train of thought a little bit but you know season three of deadwood very much ends with a big conflict that didn't quite get resolved <clears throat> and then you jump 10 years to this movie uh-huh. and they have to find a way to kind of have that conflict come back and sew it up a little more which you know does 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 happen. Uh, it is fascinating to see the way some of the people that a- aged in that. Like ten years did a lot to some people. <laughs> Whereas some, particularly the women, the ten years didn't didn't seem to make a huge difference. Whereas some of the guys, it looks like, oh my, you went from someone who looked like they're in their thirties to like Methuselah. So there was there was a woman that I noticed. In it was in like episode two, and I was like, I know that woman from something. And I went and looked it up, and she's the mom in the Lost in Space reboot on Netflix. She's Dr. Oh, Robinson. is that is that Alma, the um, the widow? She ah, she is uh, the, the high frou frou lady. Well, she's not a widow at this point, she's uh, she's married to uh, what's his name that was on uh, not Scrubs, uh, yeah, Psych. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, he was a cop on that, wasn't he? You yeah, know. yeah, he played Lassiter. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad about spoiling that. But, he dies really quick. Oh, really? And it's not very ceremonious. So she becomes a willow, or a willow. She becomes a yes. <laughs> Somebody Travis. puts a spell on her. Yes, she becomes Travis. a willow. She becomes she becomes a wizard. She goes on willow a, from Willow or Willow from Buffy. You know the funny thing about it is, yes, she inherits an orphan. Oh, really? <laughs> These are this is stuff that like you you're, you're, you're so right early in. in that stuff that stuff like plays such a relatively small part in the mm-hmm. overall story, but uh, yeah the, you know what I hadn't really thought about it but yeah that is that is her whose name I'm I'm not yeah I can't about. remember yeah I couldn't remember Anna Kendricks on an episode in the past so I'm, I'm not gonna remember I'm pleased enough that I can remember character name names either. from Dead there there are so many characters. I'm still. I know <coughs> Swearingen, and that's about it. And Calamity Swearingen, Jane. Sle- Seth and then Lloyd, I know Calamity there's a doctor. Jane. Other Doc. than that, I'm yeah. <laughs> Doc Cochran. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? Uh, the, we'll we'll jump. We'll jump the. You know what? We've done enough Deadwood. We'll okay. take a Brad Dourif jump. Let's take a little break on it. Okay. What are we moving to? We're gonna take the Brad Dourif jump from Deadwood, over to Alien Resurrection. Was he in Alien Resurrection? He is in Alien Resurrection. Really? Yeah. What is he? I can't remember that movie. I think I might have it. Hey, I just haven't watched it. In a hey, this will blow. This will blow your socks off. Brad Dourif was the creepy doctor in Alien Resurrection. What? <laughs> so he was Worm Tongue. I all remember he was Worm Tongue. I believe it was uh, Bakun on uh, Twitter. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's Bakun. A, a guy that I follow, and he made some assertion a week or so ago that. Alien Resurrection is actually a really good show. It's just been maligned. All right. And I'm like, oh. Your thoughts. I have I have kind of hated Alien 4. And it, 
let me be clear. It is not a good movie. It's a dumb movie. So that is four, right? Yeah. There was Alien, Aliens. Was Alien, it Alien 3? Alien 3. And then Alien, Alien Resurrection. Resurrection. And then the newer ones. And then uh, and then the Alien that was Predator movies. Late which I, 90s, right? Yeah, it was 97. It was 97, okay. Which I... I didn't remember that it was that old. I thought it was somewhere in the 2000s and saw, oh my gosh, this is a almost, uh, what, 20-year movie? With my dear, sweet Winona Ryder. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, she can do no wrong. Where do I start? Like, so many thoughts. First of all, my assessment is it is a, it's a, it's a bad movie that I did really have a good time watching. Okay. And it is... I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. Um, I didn't know if, people were actively hating a movie that's 22 years old on the internet. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Travis, that's the internet. That's true. <laughs> that's the internet for you. Look, man. There's people, nothing that anybody, the greatest minds in the world couldn't come together and put out a movie that everyone is going to like at this point. People, people hated uh, Endgame. Yeah. Wait, you're talking about the same internet that heard that a guy was going to be Batman and they went, you right. mean the guy who was a vampire 15 years ago? Right, exactly. I don't know how long ago Twilight was. but It was uh, long enough. No. It was long enough ago that I have a reference into it uh, about Twilight and a joke that I rarely do anymore. And now I'm second guessing myself days before I headline going, <laughs> ah, is that going to work? Has it been too long for Twilight? Do I need to put something else in there? I mean, you can look at it and say Alien Resurrection was the movie that killed the Ripley character. Even though Alien 3, you know, that that was the end of of for realsies Ripley. I remember... Okay, so tell me if I'm wrong since you just saw it and I'm trying to recollect. Okay. They genetically bring back, or she's a clone. She's a Ripley clone, yeah. right? Yeah. In Alien Resurrection. And at one point, she's like writhing around with a bunch of the xenomorphs almost yes. like i don't know if it's supposed to be maternal or sexual uh, i can't remember but i remember thinking this is creepy that's one of the not that part in particular because it's just such a pass pass away thing mm -hmm. i watched it with gabe and gabe had the same thought of like are they doing it i'm like i don't <laughs> think so one of the that's how xenomorphs cuddle uh, <laughs> that they cuddle. It, it's a it's a weird part of the movie. Just a blanket thing is you. They never really a blanket. You, you a see blanket. like you see extra mouths coming out from other areas. <laughs> Travis, sorry. Do I have to keep you in check? Apparently, Travis, yeah. you've got one demerit now. All right, a demerit. Yes. Oh no, isn't demerit a character in Game of Thrones? Yes. Okay, that's what no. I thought. Maybe it's a know. very mouthy queen. Demerit. Demerit Snow. <laughs> I don't know their names. <laughs> I know they're Snows. <laughs> you, there is a Demeris, the, right? Got I it. swear I've heard the name Demeris. Daenerys. Oh, Daenerys. Okay. That is the mother of dragons. That's, oh, that's a. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. that. She was uh, Sarah Connor in the yeah. Genesis movie, right? Demerit is the mother of Dangits. She's great. I liked her in that Genesis movie, even though everybody else hated that I, movie. I really disliked Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Is she the one that had uh, like a brain aneurysm or something while they were filming? Did or, she? Jeez, I don't know. Was it an aneurysm or was it a you, tumor you are, or something? This is, this is news to me. Oh, okay. I would say she is not a bad choice for a young Sarah Connor. That movie is just a train wreck of a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with her. I'm not even... 
entirely mad at the you know old Schwarzenegger being in it. Him being referred to as Pops was really dumb. <laughs> you know, there's some really good like young actresses that could be like the next generation of superhero type, you know, Ripley type characters. Like sure. she's one of them. The unfortunate uh, Alicia thing is- Vikander, I think that's how you say it. Who she was. And she's in the new Tomb Raider re- reboot. Oh, she yeah. was in yeah, iRobot. She was, she was what was fun. that spy movie that I really liked? Uh, the Man from Uncle. She's in that. Yeah. She was great in that. Yeah, she, too. Was, she was good. Uh, I liked her in, in that. Army Hammer was good. Everybody was good in that movie. In what? Uh, the Man from Uncle. That's an underrated movie. Isn't, is Army Hammer the one that's in Terminator Genesis? Which. No. Which uh, nameless white. I honestly don't remember. Guy is in that. I don't remember who played, uh, what's his name? Reese. Reese. Kyle Reese? Kyle Reese. I don't remember who played Kyle Reese. He did that. not really live up to the mic. That, that's the thing is, the, the original Kyle Reese wasn't really anything young special Young woman whose either. name I'm spacing on, the Queen of Dragons. Uh, good choice for, like, fits the role of a, fits the... Just kind of fits. She's got the build. Fits the build, she's of, got a young, the build. of a young Sarah Connor. They just got a beefy guy to be Kyle Reese, which Michael. And I don't remember. Michael who it Bean was. is not. Michael Bean is that who it was? Yeah. Oh, you remembered that? Uh, Mike, Michael Bean rolls like I mean. Who's Michael Bean? I don't even. I can't even picture his face. Okay, he's uh, Hicks in Aliens. Oh, so you're talking the original? The original Kyle Reese. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were talking about the reboot. No, that's what I was saying. Is like, okay, uh, Michael Bean is not does not equal just beefy generic white guy. Yeah, he was just right place, right time. Yeah, for some Sarah Connor loving. No, no, he no Michael Bean. It, Michael Bean is always good. So, if I remember correctly, they sent him back to protect Sarah Connor. Yeah, to s- protect. But uh, also, John Connor knew that he needed to be it. Like some. That's, so did John Connor know that Kyle the, Reese was his yeah, father? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's he basically that sent him back to bang his mom. That's well, I I think that that's that's part of the Terminator. <laughs> hey, bro. I think that's one of the th- the things. And he that you're was not, he was John Connor's friend, right? Dude, yeah. Maybe I think I'm he would wrong. be a great dad. That's I'm definitely send you back in time. That is definitely a thing, and that <laughs> is one hundred percent a thing in Genesis. In. Or I don't know if Reese knows in Genesis, but Sarah Connor knows that she has to make John with him. Make John? Yes. <laughs> gonna grab my baby, gonna hold her tight. Gonna make some John Connor tonight. Sky rockets in flight. Skyking John tonight. <laughs> All right, we were talking about Alien we were Resurrection. We're talking about Alien Resurrection. <laughs> the briefest of uh, Terminator Genesis. Boy, I don't. I hope I don't have to revisit that. I really did not like that movie. Um, But a movie that I've decided that I I liked in a way that I I will not speak for its quality is uh, um, Alien Resurrection has lots of lots of character actors that you really like to see. It's, you know, got the aforementioned Brad Dourif. It's got Ron Perlman. It's got Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya from Cheers. Clueless. He's always the grumpy old guy. Uh, I think it's Michael Walcott is his name. You seen The Crow? Yeah. You know the main fact? Ba- the main. You'd know if you saw like just has a really growly voice. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing a good Michael Walcott. <laughs> but he was. It was an excellent Dan Hedaya though. Yeah. It was a de- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try and do Dan Hedaya. Um, <laughs> you know, Winona Ryder is always fun to see. Sigourney Weaver is a treat. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that I'm forgetting at this point. I don't think so, but... I think uh, Sigourney Weaver is turning 70. Yeah, boy, I, I really like Sigourney Weaver. Well, yeah. She was like the original like action woman in movies. Sure. But, uh, you know, you have a lot of these really good actors who are playing characters, and you're, they're really lending themselves to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the movie, I, I, have, I, I haven't looked. I imagine it's a 90-minute movie. It runs along at a good pace. I don't think anybody really gets to spend much time developing themselves outside of Winona and uh, Sigourney Weaver's characters. Mm-hmm. And even they don't get... like So the blanket statement I wanted to make was they never really quite make a good case for why Sigourney is acting the way she is <laughs> because she's kind of like she's kind of motherly she wants to save people but at the same time she's like fascinated with the aliens and she talks a lot about that people are meat kind of type things like you're all gonna like she doesn't it's not like aliens where she's like you're all gonna die why aren't you listening to me right she's just like you know you're all gonna die here <laughs> And, like, she's kind of, like, when aliens get killed, she feels bad sometimes. And mm-hmm. th- there's a weird kind of sexuality to her that doesn't... It, it, she feels... The, the, the way you, uh, Ripley's portrayed in it feels kind of half-baked. And that's probably the biggest indictment I could give that movie is just they don't really do a good job with Ripley. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember, Winona Ryder's character is outed eventually as the... The replicant or the right. robot or whatever. I forget what they call him in that universe. Doesn't she get... She starts bleeding or something. That's yeah. how they find out. No, she gets uh, She gets shot. shot. She gets betrayed. In the stomach, right? She gets betrayed and gets shot in the back and falls down in some water. Uh, and they finally get the door open and she's standing behind the door. A lot of water in that movie. Yes. Swimming, uh, swimming aliens. It was kind of crazy that... Uh, a ways into that movie, I started, I was talking to Gabe and told him, like, Hey, man... Boy, there's not really much by way of CGI in this. I thought this was far enough that CGI had become a thing, and then later in the movie, CGI rears its ugly head, and it's not too bad. What if they What if they discovered, you know, what sperm looked like in a microscope, and it looked like uh, aliens? Travis, do you think we would stop procreating? I think I would. That would be disturbing if it like if you look in the micro in the microwave in the mi- microscope and you see this thing going ah, and then like a little another mouth comes out of it. Are you, are you okay? Did you have a tab of acid before you came over? No, tonight? no acid, no acid. Wouldn't that be weird though? Yeah, yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> that'd be kind of weird. Trav. Sperm. <laughs> Frankly, Travis, that'd be a little off-putting, a little weird. It would be definitely weird. Jeez. Uh, one of my favorite parts of watching Alien Resurrection was the moments where I could nudge Gabe and go, someone had to get up, an actor had to get up, and that was their day at work. <laughs> and the the culminating one was uh, Brad Dourif's character uh, very early on. One of the really cool ideas, what, something that I think was cool in the movie was that they'd been uh, you know, holding these aliens in a pen. And he would periodically hit like a some button where an extinguisher would hit them that apparently hurt them. Hmm. The way they got out is when people weren't looking, one of the like three or four aliens in the room, they turned on him and killed him so that he like just melted through the floor and they escaped <laughs> that way. Brad, the, the Brad Dourif doctor goes in the room and they like grab him by the head and pull him down the hole. And I'm like, I think I saw him later in the movie. But even at that, I'm looking like that's supposed to signal that he didn't die. 
So later, when you find the, they go to find the queen that they have held, and as much, just as much as uh, Ripley got some of their DNA, their alien queen doesn't need hosts anymore. She can get pregnant. Ah. And when they go there, they find little Brad Dourif wrapped up in a weird cocoon with just his head outside. Talk about, talking about the beauty of birth and things like that. And I'm like, son, that's a man who had to get up in the morning and they had to go put him in that stupid cocoon. How does the queen hold up to, like, say, aliens? In, in what regard? It's pretty terrifying in Aliens when she first goes to find uh, Newt. Well, when they... And you see that whole that whole just set of yeah. pods everywhere and just, just this giant queen and just go, things going gloop, gloop, gloop well, through her little uh, when they find her, tunnel of love there. When they find the queen, she's basically getting ready to give birth. And it's just like, she's kind of like laying back and has a big sack that... She's going... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. That's exactly what she's doing. <laughs> uh, so I now that you mention it, honestly, Alien Resurrection is not a particularly scary movie, which is fine. You don't like scary. I'm. You I've, wouldn't have liked my dream. Last I've been night. I've been cuddling up to scary a little bit as I get older, but I mean, Aliens is still a scary movie. Yeah, it is. I didn't find Alien Resurrection to be a particularly scary movie. Hmm. In that way, or it, it's it's maybe scary. It's not terrifying. Okay. But then you get the bananas thing. So there there are two kind of bananas things uh, that rise above all the other bananas things in the movie. Bananas and pajamas. The first thing was the basketball scene, which in my head I remember being much longer. I kind of remember a basketball scene, but not much. I thought it was kind of like the fight in the playground on Daredevil. It's not that. I thought she played basketball, like used her alien skills to like dunk on him and stuff like that. It's not. It's not that. It's still. It's a little silly, but it's not that at all. Also, hey, written script written by uh, Joss Whedon. It feels pretty Joss Whedon-y. Oh, really? He wrote the script for that. I think that's what it was. It, Joss uh, Whedon's name was on it. I think it said written by Joss Whedon. But so there's a lot of snarky comebacks. Oh, there are quips. <laughs> quips happen. Quips happen. The other, the completely bananas. That's a guy thing. that kind of skated over that whole Me Too thing, huh? He just kind of, he laid low and. Yeah, yeah, I heard a, a thing or two. It was also his ex-wife. Yeah. That was. Well, he's also. It wasn't, an, it wasn't people look, that. Let's be honest. Affected apparently. Let's be honest, Travis. He's nerd royalty, and right. as much as we hate to admit, a lot of most people probably meet me as well. When the person that we have loved for our whole life gets me too'd, we're maybe going to be willing to give him like, oh, hey, it's not like, I mean, hey, Louis there's, C.K. Yeah, is still out in them streets, still See, trying to come back. I was never a big Louis C.K. guy before that. I was never one of those people going, oh, he's a genius. Like, I think the most recent one was, I think I just saw this today, someone trying to make the case for like a, a Martin Luther King quote to try and support Louis C.K., Oh, I mean, there's people trying to take down Martin Luther King now because uh, he was a womanizer. Wow. But uh, I think as far as the Joss Whedon one goes, it kind of seems like at first everybody was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. But then when you started looking at it, it was like, oh, maybe it was it was his ex-wife that was alleging all this stuff. Mm. None of the people that he probably did cheat on her, obviously. 
but I don't think he did it in an inappropriate way because none of those people came forward. As far anyway. as cheating goes, well, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't think he mean. was using his mean. authority to get, you know, as far as we know, because none of the none of the other women involved came forward, and I think that's probably why it kind of skated. I think I, with Chris Hardwick a little bit too. I think even, it was couldn't even the, speculate. I think it was a case of all right. Well, are there other people coming forward? Oh, it was just you saying it. Well, maybe maybe we should listen to both sides then. You know what I mean? Where Bill Cosby, you're like, okay, uh, yeah, this is really bad, and <laughs> he needs to go to jail. That kind of thing. So, Alien, Alien Resurrection, though. Yeah. <laughs> the the unbelievably bananas thing is, of course, the alien human hybrid. <laughs> I don't even remember it to be honest. Oh my gosh. I had been I, that I'd been hyping to give the whole movie. I'm like, there is something that is out of your mind coming up, and you're not even there yet. And that thing popped out, and he's like, he's just like, Dad, what is this thing? And that's sh-? where Ron Perlman comes in. No, I'm just kidding. That was it. He kept calling. <laughs> I think I think it referred to. There's an early moment where, like, when you meet Ron Perlman, he's like hanging over a <laughs> thing making gorilla noises. And from then on, Gabe kept calling him the Gorilla Man, which. Yes, he did that, but I think was still also apt. I want to see Ron Perlman's mouth open up really big and a second Ron Perlman head come out of the mouth. I'd rather not see that. I want to see that more than anything right now. More wow. than world peace. More than xenomorph sperm. <laughs> yeah. Trav, you're into some stuff tonight. <laughs> but the uh, the hybrid comes out and they're... Again, it's another thing where Ripley... like This thing clearly is just murdering everyone and Ripley is still kind of having this motherly... Because the, the culmination of all the banananess is Ripley flicking some of the acid blood and making a little hole in the hull of the spaceship and having the alien-human hybrid sucked out of a pinhole. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember it going... Through and this little tiny hole. And, and it's that moment where she's like, I'm so sorry. It's... Was the alien... never really... Was the hybrid played by an actor or was it... It's a puppet. Okay. Was it kind of like pale almost? Yes, it's okay. very pale. <laughs> I think I kind of remember it then. So it, all that stuff just, it, it's a, I'll give it credit for this. It's a movie that goes for it. It has lots <laughs> of insane ideas and doesn't pull back on any of them. Right. So I like a good movie. Well, I like a bad movie that at least swings for the fences. Yeah, I mean... It, there's nothing worse than a boring bad movie. You have a if you're going to be a bad movie, at least be entertaining. I think you could. It could be said that uh, Terminator Genesis swings for the fences, but what Alien Resurrection has that uh, Terminator Genesis does not is a cast of very watchable people. Hmm. It do, it doesn't have Dan Hedaya. Yeah, I mean, because it was all character actors. That yeah. was the that yeah. was the thing. So Terminator Genesis, honestly, outside of Arnold, was just a lot of like this person is young and we want to keep making movies with them. Yeah, I wish it. I wish it would have been better and done better because I. Do you I, remember? I liked it. Do you remember the moment when Matt Smith like it was big? Like Matt Smith is in this. Matt right. Smith is in this. He's in it for a minute and a half, maybe. And it wasn't really even like. And he's not even doing anything. It was just a computer animated version of Matt Smith. Was really? it? Really? Oh, no, that was it. He's very briefly, because he kills John, well, turns John Connor into a Terminator John Connor hybrid. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't like that movie. Uh, but I thought it was it was alright. In the end, I turns out I do like Alien Resurrection and could see myself watching it again in the future. I guess I got to give it another go. I think at so at the point of where Alien Three goes, I don't know why anybody really gets that mad at Alien Resurrection. Alien huh. Three ends Ripley's story. Alien Three is the one where she shaves her head, right? Yes. It's okay. on the weird rape prison planet. I don't think I've seen three. My I think that's feelings, the one that I haven't seen. Three is another one I'm going to try and revisit in that in my memory, it's it's difficult because it's a really bad way to continue from how Aliens ended. Aliens mm-hmm. ends Ripley triumphant, saved Reese and Newt, and right. to some degree Bishop. Alien 3 starts with saying, yeah, but everybody died. <laughs> and ends with Ripley didn't really get any justice. Yeah. This this woman who overcame all the odds, saved all these people, did all this stuff, in the end of it her fate is goes to a rape prison planet and dies in a fire with an alien jumping out of her. The moral of the story of the alien movies is that bureaucracy exists in the future. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> That's the moral. Don't be afraid of the xenomorphs. I mean, they might kill you and tear you apart or, or plant a baby in your stomach. Sure. But at least you're not going to have to go through a red, bunch of red tape just to get, like, health insurance. Yeah. So by that, all that rationale, <laughs> like, Alien Resurrection is taking place in a completely different universe for yeah. all intent and purpose. It's back to being fun. Sure. And then, but then we went with uh, Covenant and uh, Prometheus after that that explains <laughs> the existence of Xenomorphs and I, I still don't know what's going on. Yeah. The, Are we ever going to get the culmination of that story? I doubt it. I think they would have started doing it by now. The Xenomorph, like Aliens is a property that's big enough that like Terminator, it's never going to go away. They're going to keep trying to reinvent the wheel on it. Is that going to be one where they stop doing it for a little while and then uh, old uh, old Avatar guy? James Cameron? He's going to pop his head back in like he did with this new uh, Terminator movie. Oof. What is it? Terminator Dark Matter? The or Darkest of Fates. Dark Fate. Yeah, Dark Fate. That's yeah. it. I don't, I don't think it's going to be good. I feel bad because... We got original Sarah Connor back, and she's cool, but... Yeah. Well... We'll see. I guess we shall see. We'll see. I watched Dumb and Dumber last night. That's what... (laughs) My son really wanted to watch it, so we watched it. How did it... I think it still holds up, man. It still holds up. It's so quotable. I can't... I honestly can't imagine that I would enjoy it watching it now. Oh, I think you would. No, I think it's just as good as it was back then. Maybe even better. I... I really think Dumb and Dumber is one of those movies that you had to see at the right time in your life. I don't think so. I think it's like Caddyshack. I think it's timeless. I can, I don't even know it's if that's a, the truth of Caddyshack because I saw Caddyshack no. at, at right, the right enough time. No, I think it's one you can go back and there's just so many quotable lines in it, and it just it just it's in your soul. It's a, it's a Caddyshack level movie. I it's I, always worried, be the, I, I worried that the protagonist the the way they're playing the characters would grade on me. I can't think of a movie since Dumb and Dumber. Like honestly, when I watch has stuck with me like that. When I watch Caddyshack, the way the way Bill Murray is playing his character grates on me a little bit. Yeah, there's that. But I thought, even though Chevy Chase has kind of become weird in his later years and kind of a, a pain, but 
he's really likable in it. Uh, Ted Knight. <laughs> Ted Knight <laughs> he's is the amazing. antagonist, but okay. he kills it. And Rodney. Who in oh, Who in Dumb Rodney and Dumber? Who's the Ted Knight of Dumb and Dumber? Uh, nobody. Nobody right. <laughs> is the Ted Knight of Dumb and Dumber. That, that, that's going to be a hard mark against. Because honestly, Ted Knight is one of the things that, regardless of whatever. How about a fresca? Ah. <laughs> the well. But the, um, what is it? Uh, you'll get nothing and what you'll is like it. The, it. The, the, you'll get nothing and you like it. And is it the world needs ditch diggers too? Yeah, the is world it? needs ditch diggers too. Yeah. Ted Knight is yeah, perfect in that. <laughs> uh, Rodney, Rodney, of course. Yeah, like you said, Rodney's Rodney. <laughs> Looks good on you, though. Who's the Who's the Rodney of Dumb and Dumber? I mean, you can't really compare it because it's an ensemble cast compared to a buddy movie. You know what I mean? Two, two completely different things there. Just the quotableness of it is, is you know, why I'm I, comparing it to Caddyshack. I, I'm not trying to disparage Dumb and Dumber. It's it's definitely hit a place of classic. I think of I all, just don't think I'll I don't think I'll end up liking it. Of all of those '90s, like uh, from like junior high to high school uh, movies that came out, Dumb and Dumber and Wayne's World, I think, have held up the best. Bill and Ted's uh, that's technically '80s. Bill and Ted does not hold up. Happy Gilmore though. Uh, Happy Gilmore's pretty good too. If I'm gonna look at those Billy sort of '90s comedies, I think mm. Happy Gilmore is probably the one that I like the most. Happy Gilmore is pretty good. It, if yeah, it's probably my favorite of all of the. It is also Sandler's. a also it is kind of a legitimately good movie. Wedding Singer's good too, though. Wedding Singer is a good movie, but it's not as funny. Yeah. Ugh. It's also Wedding Singer is not really a slapstick comedy. It's. It's it's got heart. I just feel like they're not making comedies like that anymore. I wouldn't even. Everything be able to, has to be super raunchy, R-rated. I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I don't. I can't think of the last comedy that. Uh, like I think the last comedies that I got into at all were like the Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street, which I saw the first I, one. Despite myself, I ended up really liking those. No, I like the first one. I just never saw the second one. But they but, are pretty. They are also pretty raunchy. Yeah. Um. I, for what it's worth, liked Fist Fight. I never saw that one. I thought it was funny. That one came out like two years ago. Yeah, it was a year or two ago. Had Tracy Morgan in it, didn't it? Yes. Tracy Morgan has been in a few movies kind of like that recently. I I will say Tag was fun. Yeah. Did you see Tag? I did not see Tag. Tag was a good like ensemble cast movie that was a lot. Stupid premise. I mean, these friends have been playing tag every year, but it's fun. And the cast is really good. Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, uh, more people. <laughs> Hannibal Burris. <laughs> I like Hannibal Burris a lot. Ed Helms. Uh, there's somebody else on there I'm okay. forgetting. <laughs> I don't know. But it was it was a lot of fun to watch. I might have to check that out if I can get a hold Wedding of it. Crashers was fun. I would encourage but that's you. Ten years ago, at least. Fist now. Fight does have the Ice Cube factor for me, though. I really like Ice Cube a lot. Oh, was he in it? And he is. He is his. He is peak Ice Cube in that movie. <laughs> it's. I enjoyed it. I've always thought, even when I was a kid, that they should make it somehow where you can organize. Like, if you wanna, if you have a beef with somebody, and you both agree to it, you should be able to get into a ring. And sign a waiver and just fight under control so nobody kills anybody, but just get it out of your system. You know what I mean? Boxing gloves, all that stuff. I think the world would be a better place if there was repercussions. 
You know what but I mean? But what if someone who is really tough can just be an asshole all the time? Well, then other people need to get tougher. I don't think that's how it works. I think I mean the whole point of fist fight is Ice Cube tells Charlie Day he's going to beat the hell out of him. And what is Charlie Day going to do about that? Well, I mean, look, Charlie what, Day, look what George McFly did to Biff. God love him. Charlie Day is not going to all of a sudden be Ice Cube levels. Charlie Day. I, I'm watching uh, It's Always Sunny. And <laughs> I'm in season three now. And we're just finding out that uh, Danny DeVito is actually Charlie Day's ne- dad and not the other two's dad. <laughs> if I recall correctly through the through the kind of arc of that show, they keep finding out that he is and isn't. Oh, really? It keeps I might going be wrong, back and though. Forth. I, think it, I think it's like they find out and then, you know, X amount of episodes later, they find out something contradicting that. I'm in the episode where they made the first reference to, is it, is it Green Man? Is that what it's called? That that's <laughs> so it's yes. where they they try the out that, they go to the football game yeah they're trying out for yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles and they reference the Green Man but I haven't got to him wearing it yet who is it it's that's Danny in the bucket DeVito. at the end I don't know I haven't gotten to the end I'm about oh, okay. halfway through Danny DeVito and Charlie Day just took a bunch of acid well Danny DeVito dosed Charlie Day yeah okay and they're sitting in in a parking lot so I'm waiting for the Green Man to appear have you ever watched so. It's Always Sunny is a is one of the shows that is most easiest to you don't necessarily have to watch it in order. Right. There is an episode that's all in first person and it's all from the point of view of of Frank, uh, Danny <laughs> DeVito's character. I would almost encourage you to skip ahead to that because it is <laughs> it is amazing. I am enjoying it a lot. My son was started watching it first. He's like, "You're not going to like some of these." And I think I think he was overestimating well, or underestimating my sense of humor, I should say. I have I, I go on record often enough saying I have become worn out on shows where you're supposed to root for the biggest prick in the room. Right. The person the person who's causing the most problems is the person you're supposed to be rooting for, like like Stone I, Cold Steve Austin. I really, it, really there is a time and place in my life that I could have really liked Archer. But I was burned out on shows where the protagonist is a jerk and we're all supposed to root for him. Right. Uh, sometimes I, Rick and Morty can be a struggle sometimes because you're supposed to root for the guy who is the worst person. There's a lot of those cartoons like that. It's Always Sunny is somehow the show that... that, does, that that's almost what makes the show better is how un- irredeemable everyone in that show is. I think it's because they're not trying to be irredeemable. They just are. That's just where they're at in their life. And they think they're coming from a righteous place a lot of the time. Yes, yes. They honestly think, <laughs> you, I'm an amazing person right now. <laughs> you, you've gotten to the, uh, the pro-choice episode, right? Oh, yeah. That was like in the first season. That's, that's a real good one. That's a really good, because I like the hypocrisy. They point out the hypocrisy of both sides. And there is hypocrisy on both sides. That's what I liked uh, about it. I, what? <laughs> no, no, Travis, we're not gonna we're not gonna search that deep. Okay. Have you gotten to the Who Pooped the Bed episode? No. No. That is the once you get to it, the Who Pooped the Bed episode is the if I want to see if someone can get into It's Always Sunny, I show them <laughs> Who Pooped the Bed. The the last one I completed all the way through was uh, uh the dumpster baby. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, I 
That that is a show that I should not like, and I I kind of adore that show. That's kind of like why I got into. I mean, I've been watching Bob's Burgers, and it's because they're just. I mean, they're all weird, but they're 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 not like bad weird. You know, they're not trying to make other people's lives difficult. They're just they're just weird, quirky characters. You know, that, Bob's Burgers is one that I've always heard is really good that I've never taking a shot at i i really is enjoy it, it is his name is it h john benjamin h john h benjamin. john benjamin see that's the thing i he wish does, i could do a good h john benjamin impersonation that's, he does that's the voice. not bad that's a good start i gotta build on that he does the voice for archer arby's yeah you know, now he's come down guy. to arby's you got arby's you got h john benjamin on the commercial and then you also have ving rames going we have the meats <laughs> So you got H. John Benjamin say, come down. To, I made this sandwich. It's, it's delicious. Come and have it. And then you get, we have the meats. You just got nothing but deeps. Yep. Uh, it's Always Sunny is also, an, it's another one of the shows that I really enjoy, but there is so much of it. So, so much of it. They're in like their 14th season at this yeah, point. Yeah, but they're short seasons. That's the thing. They're like it's a, yeah. eight to 10 episodes or something and the, like that. And, and they're the, 20 minutes a they piece. They fly by. Yeah. But they're, even at that, there's still a lot. Of it. <laughs> so, oh dear. Oh, it's, it's timer's time going again. off. I forgot to check on that before. <gasps> Do you need to take your pills? Ding, fries are done. Hey, guess what I've been playing? What have you been playing, Jake? This will relate to some of the stuff you're doing lately. Uh, I I don't even remember. I think it's called Wizards Unite, but I keep referring. It's oh, is it Harry like Potter. the Pokemon one? Yeah, it's Harry Potter Pokemon Go. I've been looking for reasons to go out and walking more. Okay. And I I wouldn't say I missed the boat. I just stopped playing Pokemon Go. So, okay. I understand without even thinking about it, Pokemon Go, you walk around, you get to capture Pokemon. Yes. So, walk me through what you get to do in the, the wizarding version. The I will Potter say version. I've been I've been thumbing through anything that is story element wise in it. <laughs> uh to the best of my knowledge, so they want you to walk, but also like sit down and read because it's dangerous to walk. I mean, and they just—they have brief moments where professors pop up and tell you things, and like Ari pops up and tells you things. Harry Potter. Harry Potter jumps out of a chimney. Hello, I'm Harry Potter. More or less, <laughs> but I, I just—I—I'm—I'm zero I'm percent interested in there being a story in this. I'm just. I'm just so do you like duel with something? Do you what you do is you walk around and you'll have a little map that has your little wizard in the middle. Did you do a spell on your neighbors? Because I saw a guy trimming his lawn with scissors when I was pulling up here. Did did you really? Yeah. Did you for reals? Yeah, he was outside trimming his lawn with scissors. It's probably the same guy that I think I told you I saw out wiping the asphalt. Could be old people. Was it was it down there? Yeah. Was it? Was it? There's a metal fence around it. Yeah. White hair. I yeah. think I know it was the same guy. <laughs> nice yard. It's the guy who, uh, yeah, what show is that? It, you know the guy on the Burbs who has the little dog? Yeah. I think I live near that guy, apparently. What what show was that guy in? He was in a show in the I don't know. 60s. It, t- it was a Herculean act to get me to remember that it was from the Burbs. Wasn't he, uh, okay, that guy from the Burbs, wasn't he on Dennis the Menace? He was Mr. Wilson like the after old, like there the, was an original the Mr. Black and Wilson white TV yeah. show, and then they replaced him with a different Mr. Wilson. And I swear it was that guy. You are uh, attempting to 
get me to think of something that I don't have. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Couldn't even begin but to... But I do remember that guy, yeah. Uh, the Harry Burbs, Potter. underrated movie. I think The Burbs has gotten its due at this point. And that's... I love The Burbs, but I don't I think... I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. good. Satan, Satan is, is our pal. pal. Yeah. <laughs> the... Oh, my God. Uh, when... Um, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going on to that anymore. <laughs> anyway. We're going to talk about this Harry Potter thing. Harry Potter. I was going to have to remember a... a You're a wizard, house. Harry. You have a little map. That's you Hagrid. walk around. It's it's like GPS stuff. You see... You don't see street names, but it has a grid of basically where things are. Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. I haven't seen any Snape yet. No, Severus Snape. Just going to let you know. Haven't seen any of that yet. Disappointing. Uh, so you walk around and little things will pop up. They'll have symbols on them. You have uh, like uh, Slytherin-y type things. You have like school kid type things. You have Hogwarts type things. There are different categories. When you hit one of them, you have these things that I think they're called confoundables that are trapping what's known as a foundable. Okay. You, uh, it's like an augmented reality thing. So it's your camera and you see this like, like a student struggling to get out of some vines. You kind of center this thing on it and tap it. And then it gives you a little prompt that you have to trace your finger on to cast a spell. And huh. based on how well you do that, you may or may not free the thing or it might get away from you. Ah, okay. The, uh, the way it kind of gets you is uh, you have a certain amount of spell power. And every time you cast a spell, it goes down a little. When you're out, you can either pay to get more or you have to find little inns that are along your way. And when you say will... pay to get more, you mean like literally pay? Yeah, you can literally pay to get You can more. buy more yeah. with your credit card. Yes. That's Blah. how these things Count work. Count me out. That's how these things work. Count me out. It's not that hard to get more power for free. Okay. Like I said, so you have little... They, it uses like landmarking mm -hmm. from GPS that it'll have what looks like a little birdhouse that you go in and you swipe a thing and it gives you a meal and that gives you more energy. This just makes it easier for the Death Eaters to find you. This is why, <laughs> and again, this is why it encourages you to walk more. You okay. walk around so you can not only do the little confoundable things, but you can also hit some of the inns, things like that. They have larger, more event-type things that I haven't really got to mess around with too much yet. Like, if you just go down to the park that's you know a mile or so down the road, they have mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff all over the park. Can you chase ducks? I mean, you There's can chase lots of ducks, ducks at the down park. there. You're talking in yeah. the game or in, in the, the game. park? In the game? Will it turn into a magical duck? <clears throat> there have been some things like that. Okay. One of the things that I did the other day, they turned it into an otter, and I had to turn it back. Otter. Hmm. Did I tell you that I did my, my, my uh, Harry Potter house and all that stuff? What? You know, on Pottermore, I did my house where it you do the sorting hat ritual thing. And then I also did my... Uh, Trav, you're going to have to help me. What's Pottermore? <clears throat> it's the official website of Harry Potter fans. Is this the is this the website that Just Kidding Rowling will drop her weird yeah. addendums on? Yeah, and she's like, just kidding, not just kidding. Sorry, okay. not sorry. Yeah, I'm a. You want to guess what I what I what house I'm in? What house you're in? Guess. Uh, this is why I'm not sure that it's 100 percent accurate. Gryffindor. Yeah, I'm a why Gryffindor. <laughs> I thought I was going to be maybe a Slytherin, maybe Ravenclaw. I did not think Gryffindor. You, you're you're like all those people. Like, please don't make me a Hufflepuff. Well, I don't. I would Hufflepuff's fine. Yeah, I don't care which one. But I was surprised up until they put me in Gryffindor. Up until J Just Kidding Rowling realized, 
hey, everyone knows that Hufflepuff is the the house for wieners. At the end of it, she's like, oh, wait, no, one of them's a big hero. Hufflepuffs can be heroes. Luna. That, Luna Lovegood. She, isn't was, that how she it, was Hufflepuff. Isn't that how it goes? Is the end like... I think uh, Hufflepuff is kind of like the, the goofballs. Maybe stoners are in there. You know, You're just saying just that because Puff is in the name. Well, no, that's what that's what Chris Hardwick actually was was telling me. He's like, Hufflepuff is the stoners. They're kind of like the the artsy people. Gryffindors are like the jocks. I thought Ravenclaws were the artsy people. Ravenclaws, I think, are the more like scientific. Hmm. And then Slytherin are just like the business people. <laughs> <laughs> They're like your Wall Street. Guys. I guess I I should say I'm not a real big Harry Potter fan. I did the American House too. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like this little troll guy. Oh yeah. And then my uh, my uh, you know your your little spell thingy. What's it called? Ah, I know Wand? what it's called. No, you you cast it out, so it, it defends. I you. know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh I really gosh. do know what it is. But I know I'm not what it is you. too. Patronus, my Patronus. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you this. My son cheated on his Patronus. Yeah, we uh, we talked about last week that you yours was like a rabbit or oh, something so like we that. did talk about it. Yeah, my son got a rhino. I got a cat. It's basically a house cat. That's a functional. Is a cat. There, is there any difference in power? I don't of Patronus know. based on what you get. I don't know. Hey, you're the one who's you're the expert you have, who's on Harry Potter panels. I'm just gonna so. say if I put out a Rhino Patronus, I'm gonna be pretty confident with it. If I put out a House Cat, I'm just gonna hope nobody's got like a little red light that they're shining around because my Patronus might take I off. Just think about it. The idea is like a Patronus is the thing that casts away like the Death Eaters, right? Yeah. So I think you need to have. Uh, you need to have confidence in what you're casting you, out there. But you can't help what you're portraying. See, now we're getting back to your fist fighting thing of like, if you have no say in your, your Patronus being a cat, and that means Death Eaters are just going to work you over, like, that's not fair. Yeah, the, the fighting thing would work. Because if somebody's that confident, they'd be like, yeah, bring a friend. It'll be two on one. You know what I mean? But it's going to be regulated so people can't actually kill each other. I've met some very wrong people this in is, my life that I know can fight. When I run for president, this is my platform. Fight? Fist fights. Or boxing matches. Yeah, that's how we're going to get true justice. So your, your boss is a bully? Well, guess what? Now you can challenge them. And if they don't want to fight, they have to pay a tax. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I, I just feel like I've known a lot of people and maybe have been one of those people that has... I, I'll take myself out of the equation because that would be dumb. I've known a lot of people that have some very good opinions who have maybe spent their life going, like, I'd really rather not fight, thanks. What if you get, like, a, a, a person to fight for you, though? Then it's Game of Thrones. Okay, and that's fine. Can yeah, I just get, yeah, you just hire somebody. Can I just get 90s Henry Rollins to fight for me You and get everything? Brock Lesnar to fight for you. Brock Lesnar is definitely not... he wouldn't not fight for anybody because he's so selfish. Brock Lesnar is a big... Brock Lesnar is a case study in why this shouldn't be because Brock Lesnar is one of the worst people and you could bring all your friends and Brock Lesnar is going to kill all of you. But he won't fight. He's smog in The Hobbit. He just sits on his on his layer of gold and that he just doesn't want to be bothered. He'll fight if he's going to get paid a bunch of money. He's not just going to randomly fight. No, but, so we'll take him out of the... Again, that was a bad example. No, but that's, that's still... That's, that's killing your... Your premise is if you have beef with someone, you can fight them. Yeah. You can't take the fightiest, worst person nobody, out of the equation. Nobody because goes to jail. He doesn't want to fight. 
I'm talking about people that actually want to fight for the most part. You can't just challenge a little, a but little then, but then dweeby have, guy. But that means you have what we already have, which is people who want to fight will fight and people who don't want yeah, to fight Yeah, but you can't go fight. to jail because it's organized. It's under, it's under a legal provision. So you're not going to go to jail for getting... And you're not going to hit, you know, punch somebody and they're going to fall and hit their head on a, on a curb and die or something. Like it's, that one episode of It's Always Sunny? I haven't gotten that far. I thought that was... I think that's in one of the first seasons, isn't it? Somebody hits their head on a curb and dies? I don't remember that. It's called something like uh, $1,000 Baby? The oh. one where Sweet D is boxing? Yeah, I do remember that. But I don't remember somebody hitting their head on a curb. Oh, you don't? Re- I mean, they no. do the Million Dollar Baby thing where, like, uh, Frank and the other girl's dad are kind of getting, like, they're, they decide they're not going to fight. Oh, and the guy yeah. says one last okay. thing to him, and Frank turns around and nudges. Yeah, it wasn't a curb. Woman, it was a chair that was in the ring, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember that. But, but, I mean, technically speaking, if you have that kind of beef, can't you just kind of organize a boxing match? I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could. But I think it should be legal to do it just like you can like sell tickets Travis, and you're getting raise danger. money for Boys and Girls Club of America. I just want to get, <laughs> I want to warn you, you're getting dangerously close to talking about Fight Club. And yeah, but it wouldn't be underground. It would, it would be, please talk about Fight Club. It wouldn't, <laughs> you know. It's going to be your thing. You're gonna, you'd, you'd be advertising it. Please talk about Trav Club. Yeah. This is how I'm going to get become president. I'm going to challenge Donald Trump to a fight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look, man, I'm generally, I don't, I'm not interested in fighting, generally speaking, but man, man, I would love to, I would love to rain punches on that elderly man. It would break him so bad, and I would just be okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we're good. I would go <laughs> home and sleep like a baby. We're getting up there in time. Wanted to talk about, uh, Jaleel White's going to bring back uh, Steve Urkel for a Scooby-Doo TV show. <laughs> Apparently Urkel's going to be on an episode. Yeah, so have you have you Can seen I anything have you seen anything for this Scooby-Doo? No. I believe it's called Scooby-Doo and Guess Who. Is it and a cartoon or live action? Cartoon. Okay. They're doing the thing that was the best about the old series. So like the ones with Laurel and Hardy and the yeah. Globetrotters and all uh, that. Kind Wonder of stuff. Woman's going to be on it. Uh Julia White's gonna. I'm forgetting. Is it Wonder Woman or is it Gal Gadot? I don't think it's Gal Gadot. So I think it's just it's, Wonder Woman. I think it's just like Justice That's cool League. Though. Wonder Woman. Sweet. I'm trying to. I saw. I remember seeing a few people, and now I can't remember who who it was. But I saw a preview for it earlier. I can't it's, wait for the Urkel one. I, I saw. Think, I think Supernatural triggered this, don't you think? With that episode. It's entire. I mean, you could say that, but also, like I said, that was the best thing about old Scooby Doo is oh, guest yeah. stars. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to see if I can look it up real quick. I saw someone on it that I could have sworn. I could have sworn. Look, like the cartoon. I'm like, it's not Ricky Gervais, is it? But that, that's Ricky the Gervais kind of is hit and miss. I either really like him or really dislike him in whatever he's in. So speaking of Urkel, uh, I opened for a buddy of Urkel's. Is that right? Uh, Jaleel White's anyway. Adam Ray. He's a comic out of, I think he came up in Seattle. But he's got a history with Salt Lake for a long time. He was doing, like, Rocky Mountain laugh-offs, like, 10, 10, 15 years ago. But he's on a he has a podcast with Brad Williams. Do you know Brad Williams? He's he's a dwarf. He's really funny. He's oh, really he killing in, it. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do know him. But I he, believe he, I, I believe I've seen yeah. some specials of his. So he's buddies with uh, Jaleel White because he's been on their podcast a few times. No kidding. Yeah, Travis. Good dude. Travis. All right. I was right. You were right. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Uh, Halsey. He'll say know. having a bubble. Halsey hey. is Halsey famous enough to be on it? Hell if I know. I mean, I Halsey is outside of my purview. I know a few of her songs, but is it like. She's not exactly Lady Gaga. World, world. I, I right. don't know. Halsey might be a lot bigger than we would think. Maybe. Two hey, younger people. Science luminaries, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a guy I don't trust. He, he's had a few uh, Me Too things out about him. Yeah, he seems... I think he rather <clears throat> enjoys being a celebrity. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's. <laughs> I think he's maybe put a little... He thinks a little too much of himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can tell just by hearing him talk that Neil deGrasse Tyson really loves Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sure does no <laughs> science, though. Hey, Mark Hamill. Really? All right. I like Mark Hamill. Yeah, I'm Sher- on board. Sherlock Holmes. All right. Which one? Which iteration? I saw this. It's like it's like just legit, like the Sherlockest of Sherlock Holmes. Like the classic where you'd put on two baseball caps when you were a kid, one yes. facing forward, one Very facing much back. So. All right. Um, the Flash is going to be on it. Sweet. So dipping uh, into the DC universe. Chris Paul. Chris Paul from the uh, Houston Rockets. Seemingly, yes. <laughs> so you know what? That, I'm sure that that seems like it'll be fun. They're at least getting away from. Uh, be cool, Scooby Doo. It is one of those things that where you don't go for you don't go A list for Scooby. You go kind of C list. Although I think Wonder Woman is probably an A list superhero at this point, but the Flash is probably B or C. Chris Paul, he's not LeBron James. He's not Steph Curry. Oh man, Steph Curry's busy flying in on helicopters for holy moly. How can space? <laughs> how can Space Jam two? Like, how can have I you have seen impact? the list? I saw a list last week. Actually, it was after we recorded. And honestly, I can't remember. Chris Paul turned it down, I think. Yeah, I think I was listening. I can't listening, remember the entire cast. I think I was listening to the Sklar Brothers. I think Anthony and they, Davis is on it. They sort of made it out like... They are putting WNBA players on it, which is... I'm, hey, great. Cool for Please girls do. and stuff. Yeah. Please do. But I but can't remember sounds, their name. It sounds Deanna like Deanna Tarazi. I think that's her name. She was the main one they, they it named. It sounds like A-listers maybe do it's not, not care for yeah, it. It's, just, it's not A-list NBA players. I mean, I guess I, I, I was going to say LeBron maybe missed the window of when he went and missed his window for making Space Jam 2, but I, I keep forgetting that you know this was post-baseball Jordan that made Space Jam. I guess as long as you get Bugs Bunny and the Tasmanian Devil, you're probably good to go. Boy. That's like if Bugs Bunny passes on it (laughs) and they're getting like Tom and Jerry instead. (laughs) They're getting the, they're getting the opera guy. (laughs) They're getting slow poke Rodriguez. Yeah. That's when you gotta be a little, yeah. Speedy Gonzalez is in it. Nope. Speedy Gonzalez turned it down. Only slow poke Rodriguez. Remember when they were going to make a Speedy Gonzalez movie? Were they? And they were going to make Marvin the Martian too. Marvin the Martian is one of those. I think... Marvin the Martian is the low-key, like, uh, Boba Fett of Looney Tunes. Yeah, you know, he you was... Got, you got Deadpool, Tasmanian Devil, that is like, all right, look, yeah, we get it, Tasmanian Devil. But then, I, I guess even the same thing could be said with Boba Fett, but, like, Marvin Twitty the Martian was the one... Huh? Twitty Bird 2. Uh, p- 
pre pre uh, prequels, Marvin the Martian, <laughs> Boba Fett. I guess I don't know. What am I, Travis? What am I talking about? Am I talking about xenomorph sperm? Where am I? I don't have a problem with Boba Fett and the prequels, and I thought they they actually used it quite well in the Clone Wars TV show. Wow, they used the Boba Fett character because he comes. Have you ever watched the Clone Wars? I've watched so some of it. I, so all of the young have clones you watched, look like Boba Fett, right? Have you watched Boba Fett of? infiltrates? The, their academy so he can kill Mace Windu because he wants to get revenge for Jango being killed by Mace Windu so he infiltrates the academy have you watched really all of um, Clone Wars? not all of it So, but I've watched I've, most of it I think I've gotten through maybe a little over a season and I think I'm to understand that it, it like finds footing and becomes kind of you know because anything especially with first General season, Grievous is outstanding Standing. First season, it's like it's all very much like it's old war documentary stuff. Yeah, it was kind of like serials. Does it keep it's like doing this week in the battle? Yeah. For... Is it? Does it keep being that through the whole series? A little, but it, it kind of goes away from it, and it becomes independent stories. A lot of them. I I kind of pushed through a season and maybe a half, and was like, oh, this is this isn't bad, but it's not really something that's holding me. They only use it to tie, like, <clears throat> if, if a story is carrying over from the previous week, it'll be, like, previously on yeah. Supernatural. It'll, yeah, does it have more arc stuff as it goes yeah. on? Yeah, there's okay. arc stuff, but it... Okay. Yeah, it does a good job. But there's a lot of independent stories that have nothing to do with anything else, and some of those are really fun. But General Grievous in that show, man, God, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. The fights in there. Anything with General Grievous fighting. Like, they didn't do General Grievous justice in uh, Episode 2, in my opinion. And then 3, the way he dies. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi kills him kind of easily, actually, in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Didn't they? Basically, they... Basically, in my memory, the general, the end of General Grievous was just them making a reason for Ben Kenobi to say in A New Hope something about, like, you know, blasters being crude weapons. Could be. Because he yeah. shoots him in the chest and then throws away, right. like, ooh, gross. Right, right. But in the book, I read the actual novel for that, and it explains how Kenobi's able to defeat him, because that's the first time they ever meet. Well, General Grievous opens with the I'm covered in lightsabers attack and immediately stops doing it. And I always looked at it as, if he had just moved, if he had just done the thing where I'm moving forward and all that all that's happening is lightsabers everywhere, that seemed like a really good strategy. But he immediately stopped doing it. So in the book, it talks about how uh, Grievous is able to kill all of these these Jedi's, but he had never up to that point met Kenobi. He'd met all of them before except Kenobi. Some of them got away. Some of them didn't. But he had never been face-to-face with Kenobi. Even Kenobi, Kit Fisto? Even Kit Fisto. Kenobi's fighting style is the most almost basic style of, of lightsaber dueling. You mean that thing that and he does the peace symbol at him? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it is super like defensive in nature. It's not fancy. It's not offensive. Like... Like Anakin's all over the place, and he's kind of, you know, he, he's kind of arrogant about it and flashy. Where Obi Wan Kenobi is very, you know, block, block, block. So when he's fighting Grievous, because Grievous is swinging these blades around all over, that Kenobi's, you know, block, block, block is actually just cutting Grievous's arms off, and that's how he's able to defeat him. And of course, he uses a blaster, but that's why he can defeat him, and nobody else could. 
is because defeated a robot with tuberculosis. A, yes, sir. It's a very defensive. Yeah. Now and then, General Grievous's heart looks like it should be, you know, be on like a, a gas station thing for don't smoke. He defeated like, <laughs> he defeated like robot Doc Holiday. Basically. All right. Well, we should probably start wrapping this. This old this puppy. Pupper up. dupper up. Yeah, but let's let's pupper wrap dupper this. upper. Let's wrap this up. You want to do some magic, Mike? Anybody you want to talk to in magic, Mike? Oh, you you got that look on your face like you got something real special for me. You got something real special. You're going back to like you're going back to like uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> Die Hard. I can't think of that. What? I can't think of Alan Rickman? Alan oh Rickman. yes, Alan Rickman. I remember now. Alan Rickman, God. that's who it was. Oh, it was hurting inside so much. <laughs> can I tell you can, Is there somebody else? You? Was there somebody else that was tickling your fancy? No, it was okay, it okay. was Alan F. And Rickman, but can I tell you I love <laughs> Alan Rickman. For some reason Alan Rickman's name is one of the ones that I forget the most easily. And it may it is genuinely something that frustrates and angers me. That I I really love Alan Rickman and I'll just be at work or something. I'm like, who the hell is that guy's name again? <laughs> I've spent time trying to figure right. out ways to like, like what is Alan sounds like gallon like a gallon of milk and he's a white <laughs> person. Like trying to figure out ways to relate it. But at the end of the day, you even said his name during the episode we're talking about. And by the end of it, it went out of my head again. I don't know what it is about Alan Rickman that his name always flies out of my head. Truth be told, it went out of my head, too. So when I was naming the things he was in, I was also oh. trying to refresh my own memory. So. Gosh. <laughs> oh. Uh. My underwear is tight, just trying to... Tweet! <sighs> yeah, so let's talk to Alan Rickman. All right. Strawberry shortcake. Hello. Hello. Wait, what is your name again? My name is Alan Rickman. Yes, thank you. Uh, I was teasing on that one, Mr. Rickman. Um, I surely hope so. I deserve respect. You do, and I have such a genuine, deep-seated respect for you, but for some reason, your name is one of those ones that always escapes me. Perhaps the respect is too deep. You think that's it? That I buried I think my respect it's for you so deep. Down so I can't reach deeply down myself. That you cannot remember the why name I, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Why do I make a lot of gestures and motions when clearly this is an audio medium? I thought perhaps you were doing a form of break dance. Uh, you know, I do like to dance. You started with your hand up above your shoulder. I like the nightlife. Then you I moved like the it on down, straight down toward your hip. And that is where it stopped. You are, you're correct in your assessment of where my hand went. Exactly. I'm so, just glad you kept it on the side. So, Mr. Rickman, now yes. that you're here before me. I am here. spiritual form. Um, how am I going to remember your name? You could get it tattooed on your wrist. Ooh. Alan Ristman. That would help to, you to remember. I was thinking of it like, can I get an Alan Rickman tramp stamp? But then I can't really look at it, can You I? would have to have a mirror and also an empty bathroom. I, I think, though, I'll, I'll get the... You I'll could get ask your, a neighbor to read it for you, perhaps. I'll, I'll, I'll get the name across I my wrist. Judge. For the tramp stamp, I want to just get that face that you make as you start falling at the end of Die Hard. Uh, kind of like, like the uh, origins of Duckface. Uh, 
her. The origins of Duckface. Well, that that face. Alan Rickman make... does not Duckface. Uh, when, when Alan Rickman makes "I'm falling off a building" face. Okay, we should we should uh, update what it's called then. Yes. So, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. Uh, uh, Mr. Rickman. Yes. I have. What been... was your name again? I forgot. I have uh, a deep-seated respect for you, and I have completely you know forgotten your my name. My name is my name is immaterial. My name, my name is Mud. My name is my name. Alan, big Primus yes. fan. Love. Love Primus. Oh, boy. With you're, an aluminum baseball bat, my name is Mud. You love that? You love the video where they got the vinyl cowboy suits on? I do. Why known as Big Brown Beaver. Big fan of that song? You don't even care about uh, the She showed it off to all her friends. One day you know that Beaver tried to leave her. So she caged it. In a cyclone fence, Mr. Potter. Uh, was Mr. Potter a big Primus fan? <laughs> no, it's a little above his head. He's not the smartest boy. Do you boy. think Primus exists in the Potterverse? Of course. You know, you got. I, I think just kidding, the Rowling. The bass player is a wizard. Just kidding, Rowling, because I know she gets to make decisions on this. Really missed out on having Les Claypool play, play a uh, like a professor. Well, is he British? Basically, we let uh, we let what's his name be like all kinds of things in the movie. Yes, that's what's what his I said. name. Yes, that's what I said. Alan Rickman. I, I know you. No, can't not Alan Rickman. Not my name. It's not like I haven't had enough accomplishments. I'm under in my a lot career. of stress, like right now, Alan Rickman. What kind of stress are you under? <sighs> Alan, what Alan if Rickman? you just called me Clay? Alan Rickman. Bill. Clay. Could you come over and just give me a shoulder massage real quick? Kind there we go. There we go. Up. Right into the oh, meat. There ooh. we go. That's nice. Wow. I shouldn't have put on so much lotion on my hand. <laughs> that was okay. a bit juicy. Well, you know, I, I just watched Alien Resurrection and I realized that like wet things are better apparently. Of course. Oh. I've been playing That this. was one of my lines in Love Actually, I believe. Things are, it's wetter when it's better. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I think that was Bane. Ugh. That was like, yeah, that that might have been Bane. <laughs> what um, other movies was I in? Prince of we... Thieves, Robin Hood. I was, I was, uh, I was the uh, sheriff of Nottingham. You were in, uh, you're in Galaxy Quest. Ah, yes. As corny as it is, your bit at the end of Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Your your bit at the end of Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest was my neighbor. Galaxy, yes. Alex E Quest. Alex E Quest is a different thing. Your your bit at the end of Galaxy Quest actually does make me tear up a little bit because what's you, my line? Was it Rothgar's hammer? By is Rothgar's that, hammer, by you Rothgar's will be avenged. Hammer, all that I stuff. will be avenged. But you you deliver it in such a heartfelt way. That's that it because just, it's. I am a classically trained. It's actor. utterly ridiculous. You're looking down at this this dork alien, the. The prosthetic that's on your head has like uh, has been kind of shredded up in battle, and you do at this point. They I believe know some of my actual hair might have been poking yes, out. Yes, yes. At this point in the yes. movie, those aliens know that you're not really those things, and you deliver right. the line anyway. It's very, it's very touching. That is because I am a classically trained actor. Very much so, Shakespearean. You you're might very say. good. You're very good, Mister. Mr. Rickman, I'm playing this yes. little this little. Now I have a microphone. Her, 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 her. Mr. Rickman. Yes. I cast you back to the Christmas zone. Her, her, 
I'm flailing my arms because I'm an actor, just like in Hamlet. I'm back. Travis? Yes. Uh, as Alan Rickman left your body, he was like like a newborn baby trying to like kind of find its place in the universe. Like even the legs were up. It was a glorious thing. He was turtling. It, he was turtling, yes. <laughs> How do you feel? Oh, good. Good, man. Good. Alan Rickman left a left a nice little feeling, like a nice little buzz in there. Travis, what what you got going on, man? Uh, oh well, this weekend. By the time this comes out, it'll be over. But I'm headlining hey. Wise Guys Jordan Landing. It was nice seeing you shirtless. Yeah, the, <laughs> when the 300 people show up, I, I will in fact show my my nipples. I have a I have a nipple joke that people seem to enjoy. Um, besides that. Uh, I'm getting some uh, panels together to submit for FanX, which is September 5th through the 7th, I believe. And, ooh, I just remembered I agreed to work on the 7th, and I cannot. Uh-oh. Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh, Raggy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, and then July 19th and 20th, I will be in Logan, Utah for Wizarding Days. And I've got I've got a whole bunch of... Uh, things I'm on there, panels that I'm on. I'm gonna Travis, I'm gonna look up a couple them of on them. Me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my phone here and read some of them to you. First of all, I've got a uh, the magic of being a nomad. This is a panel about why uh, uh, Jacob Kowalski is is a a really good character in the Fantastic Beasts Beasts movie. That's a uh, Dan Folger or Folger plays uh jacob kowalski he's he's a nomad you know he kind of just falls into the have you not seen those movies (laughs) i haven't seen any of those movies okay well it's a really good character he has no knowledge of the magical universe and they just kind of gets tangled up into it and so he's like me (laughs) yeah and you just really follow along with this guy it's almost like he's our perspective if we had gotten tangled up in a magical adventure type of thing and then there's a dark crystal panel. That sounds cool. That'll be really fun. Uh, there's a Harry Potter Mad Libs panel, where I've guessed I'm going to be writing Mad Libs, uh, celebrating Stranger Things. That'll be that fun. should be fun. By then, the season three will be out. You're gonna pound through all of that. Uh, Severus Snape, hero or villain? Oh hey, Severus. The Snape. aforementioned. Yes. Who is he played by again? Alan Rickman. Okay. You should get it tattooed on your wrist. Uh, there, there's a We Love Supernatural panel. That'll be fun. Amazon's new Lord of the Rings series panel. Ooh, and then the final one is how to write an amazing fight scene. And I'm moderating that, so I'm just going to be asking questions of people that have actually written a fight scene. That actually does sound really fascinating. So that could be that could be a lot of fun. So I'll do some research on fight scenes. Pretty much I'm just going to watch wrestling. <laughs> just <Okay>. kidding <laughs> but it should be a lot of fun i mean that that might be like my my base of how do i turn you know how do you turn a good fight into yeah. how do you write it well the- i yeah i just uh i just watched recently like a little just a little snippet of uh from the matrix the the like uh initial keanu like in the dojo fighting mm-hmm. and just watching that because it is him and Lawrence Fishburne, and watching the coordination of them, I'm like, 
thinking thinking about Keanu Reeves' career just in The Matrix and John Wick, I'm thinking about that guy probably like he's done a lot of really really heavily choreographed, really intricate fights. Like, how mm-hmm. much do you think he really knows about fighting? You know, or I've seen I saw a clip when he was training for John Wick of him doing gun stuff to learn how to use guns, especially like competently and quickly. I think the key to fighting now is coming up with something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. I mean, that's what, the, like, the Matrix fights, that was all, like, breaking new ground. So, But after the Matrix, things just, every fight scene seemed, like, even Charlie's Angels, it's like, okay, they're in the Matrix now. Everything copied that for, like, 15 years. Yeah. And now it's, I think it's kind of gotten back to a more realistic, like, brutal fight like even the John Wick stuff, some of the injuries he's, he sustains are not oh, no. super realistic that he's still alive or able to move. It but the fighting itself, but the fighting itself is not like doing weird flips and you know defying gravity type stuff. It's it's based in reality as far as like the moves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm. I could be wrong. One of the draws to John Wick for me originally was, like, the gunplay in particular is not very elegant. Mm. He's very he's very tactical about, like, one in the chest, one in the head, one in the chest, one in the head, one in the chest, one in the head. <laughs> right. You know, doesn't doesn't seem to very... And I could be completely wrong in this, but at least from the first movie, I remember one of the things was, like, he's not doing anything fancy. He is just mowing through these people in the most efficient, right. clinical way possible. <laughs> So sorry, I got off a of uh, tangent. Yeah. But yeah, we were, we were wrapping listening, up. hearing someone talk about what it takes to choreograph a fight does sound kind of neato. Bang-y-do. It should be fun. I just want to point out that we had zero to talk about in this episode, and we're pushing <laughs> two hours. So, well, <laughs> big surprise. I can just go on and on about stuff. So follow me, at Travis Tate Funny, on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, f- friend me on Facebook. Uh, we've got an email address. What's if you want to get address? at us, if you want to get at us, it's Alan Rickman at hotmail.com. <laughs> no, it's actually later to the tater at gmail.com. We welcome your questions. We welcome your feedback in those same realms. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our show. Please give us a review. The, the uh, stars and the reviews are the ways that we move up algorithms and tell your friends. We would love the chance to get heard by more people. Indeed. Uh, I think that's it. That is it. Let's wrap it up. And please, let's uh, dance us off the floor for Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I am Jerk. And I am Travis Tate and better Tate than never.